Welcome, dear listeners, to another enchanting episode of Sleepy Voyages. Before we tuck you in tonight, Voyages of the Night Sky, we have a small but crucial request. As your eyelids grow heavy and the soothing tones of Sleepy Voyages guide you to the realm of dreams, remember the peace, serenity, and comfort that we bring to you every night. Just as a lighthouse guides lost ships in the darkness, your reviews help other restless dreamers find their way to us. By leaving a review and sharing your thoughts on your experience, you are reaching out to other insomniacs lost in the night, guiding them towards restful sleep. Take a moment before you drift away to click on the Leave a Review button on your podcast app. Help us extend our galaxy of tranquility to all those who seek the solace of sound sleep. And once you've done that, feel free to slip back under the covers of our sleep stories, ready to be whisked away on another sleepy voyage. Remember, your stars light the way for others. Every review, every rating, helps us create a bigger, more beautiful universe of peace and rest. Let your minds drift to a world centuries ago, a world shimmering under the Mediterranean sun. Envision yourself on the cusp of an island where time itself seems to pause. A place called Ithaca. The soft, sandy shores beckon each grain telling tales of adventures on the high seas, of heroes and heartaches. Your feet touch the ground, and instantly there's a sensation, a gentle pulse of the Earth's heart and history combined. The air is salty, with a hint of olives and fresh blooms. With every breath, you're absorbing the very essence of this ancient land. The breeze caresses your face, whispering tales of love, loss, and legendary quests. Ahead, the silhouette of a grand castle stands tall against the azure backdrop, its pillars strong and majestic, a testament to the resilience of the people of Ithaca. The castle, though made of stone, seems alive, pulsating with memories and moments of old. As you draw nearer, the sounds of lyres, laughter, and lament echo from its chambers, and you realize you're about to step into an epic that has transcended time. But for now, remain here, on this shoreline, and let the splendor of Ithaca envelop you, preparing your heart for the tales that are about to unfold. Nestled within the embrace of the Ionian Sea lies the island of Ithaca. Its shores, kissed by the ebbing waves, shimmer under the gentle caress of the sun. This island, Neither the largest nor the most opulent in all of Greece carries with it a gravitas, a weight of longing and legend. If you were to stand at its highest tower at dusk, you'd witness the golden fingers of the sun playfully caressing the rippling waters, transforming them into a tapestry of shimmering gold and deep blue. Each sunbeam that touches the water feels like a silent story a whispered promise of adventures that span across decades, of heroes long gone and of those yet to come. The palace, in its silent grandeur, holds within its walls countless tales of valor, love, deceit, and hope. It's more than just bricks and mortar. It's a sanctuary of memories, dreams, and quiet anticipations. Such is the mystique of Ithaca, a silent observer to the unfolding saga of a king's journey home, of a queen's unwavering faith, and of a young prince coming of age in the shadow of greatness. Here, in this haven of history and legend, our tale unfolds. An odyssey that's more than just a voyage across the seas, but a deep dive into the depths of the human heart. In ancient Ithaca, Penelope's palace stood as a symbol of resilience and remembrance. From the outside, one could be entranced by the towering ivory inlaid doors. These doors weren't just entryways, 
but guardian sentinels that bore witness to countless sunrises and sunsets, opening for allies and shutting out foes. They shimmered with reflections of the sea, like portals merging two worlds, one of lingering memories and one of ever-evolving time. But it's beyond these doors that the heart of the palace really unfolded. Along the vast corridors were tapestries woven with care and dedication. They were crafted by the finest weavers of Ithaca, but it was Queen Penelope's vision that brought them to life. Some depicted Odysseus's brave encounters with mythical beasts. Others showed the gentle sway of olive trees against the backdrop of a setting sun, hinting at peaceful times before the Trojan War. Every evening, the palace emanated a warm glow, a beckoning light for those navigating the dark seas. This illumination came not from any modern marvel, but from age-old olive oil lamps. Each lamp was carefully crafted, with ornate designs etched into its surface. The fragrant lamps didn't just dispel darkness, they evoked feelings of hope and comfort. When lit, they cast dancing shadows on the walls, playing out scenes of joy, hope and serenity. Within this realm of architectural grandeur, you might feel an embracing warmth, a sense of timeless wonder, and the delicate balance between power and grace. But more than any brick, stone or art piece, it was the spirit of Penelope that truly shaped the aura of the palace. In her determination and hope, the palace found its true strength and purpose, standing tall not just as a structure of stone, but as a testament to unwavering love and faith. In the expansive palace of Ithaca, beyond its ivory doors and past its fragrant lamps, sat a room that was both a sanctuary and a vantage point. Within this chamber, which overlooked the vast azure sea, was a single large window, a window that bore witness to the silent hope and ceaseless anticipation of a queen, Penelope. Every evening, as the sun's fiery hues began their descent into the cool embrace of the horizon, Penelope would find herself drawn to this window. It wasn't just a window made of wood and glass, but rather a portal that connected her to her past, present, and an uncertain future. From this perch, the queen could see far and wide, her keen eyes scanning the waters, hoping against hope to glimpse the familiar silhouette of a ship returning from its long voyage, a ship carrying her beloved Odysseus, but as days turned into months and months into years, that familiar silhouette remained elusive. The sea, with its vastness and mystery, remained both a source of hope and a stark reminder of her prolonged solitude. It wasn't just the physical absence of Odysseus that weighed heavily on Penelope's heart. It was the echoing silence, the unanswered questions, the stories of his adventures she had missed, and the shared moment lost to time. Yet, in this solitude, Penelope's spirit remained unbroken. She derived strength from memories, those moments of shared laughter, whispered secrets, and intertwined destinies. Each sunset that she watched from her window was a testament to her enduring love and unwavering hope. It was a silent pledge to Odysseus, wherever he might be, that his home would always have a light burning for him, a heart that yearned for his return. And so, with every passing day, as the golden luminescence of the setting sun cast long shadows across the palace floors, Penelope continued her vigil. The rhythms of Ithaca, the chirping of cicadas, the murmur of the sea, and the whispering olive trees, all seemed to join in her quiet chorus of hope. For in the heart of this queen was an ocean of patience and a beacon of unwavering faith, a belief that one day the sea would return what it had taken and reunite two souls separated by fate's cruel design. In the heart of Ithaca, within the grandeur of Odysseus's palace, there was a ceaseless din. 
The atmosphere was thick with the sound of music, laughter, and the clinking of goblets. The halls that once echoed the footsteps of a king now reverberated with the pursuits of many men, all driven by a singular ambition. As you settle into this ancient tale, picture the vast marble-floored chamber. At its heart stands a grand table, heaped with the finest fruits, roasted meats, and the sheen of golden wine poured generously into goblets. The suitors, as they were collectively known, each brought with them their unique personalities, desires, and talents. Some strummed the strings of lyres, the music, haunting and melancholic, spoke of love unrequited. Others clapped and sang, their voices vibrant with the joy of youth and hope. Yet others shared stories, some boisterous, others somber, each trying to outdo the other, hoping their tales would endear them to the fair queen. Despite the varied backgrounds and stories these men brought, there was a shared ambition that united them, to win over the hand of Penelope and claim the kingdom of Ithaca. But Penelope, with her wisdom and grace, looked on with a knowing gaze. She was all too aware of their motivations, of the desperation behind their songs and tales. These men were not here out of love, but rather opportunity. This diversity, however, held within it a lesson. Each suitor, in their way, showcased the vast tapestry of human desires and motivations. Some sought power, others love, and still, others craved acceptance and a sense of belonging. Just like these ancient suitors, every individual today embarks on their journey, driven by their unique dreams and desires. The ever-resilient Penelope had devised an ingenious plan to delay her numerous and ever-persistent suitors. By day, her fingers danced deftly upon the loom, weaving a shroud. This wasn't just any piece of cloth, but a funeral shroud for Laertes, her husband's aged father. With each pull and push of the shuttle, patterns emerged, and the rich tapestry began to take form. Each design, each intricate threadwork, reflected Penelope's love for Odysseus and her hope for his return. But in the stillness of night, under the silver gaze of the moon, when the palace slept, and the world outside was drowned in the songs of crickets. The same delicate hands undertook a different task. The woven threads were gently and meticulously pulled apart, unraveling the day's painstaking work. The undone strands lay beside her, whispering tales of patience, longing, and a wife's undying hope. She told her suitors that she could not possibly choose one among them until the shroud was complete. But of course, it would never be complete, not if she had her way. It was a silent dance, a rhythm she maintained, creating by day, undoing by night. It was her own way of keeping the vultures at bay, of buying time in the hope that the next sunrise, the next sunset might bring with it news of Odysseus. But as with all secrets, they're hardest to keep when they're most valuable. Some maids in the palace, their loyalty swayed, or perhaps just observant beyond measure, began to whisper about Penelope's nightly endeavors. Rumors floated, whispers grew louder, and the very walls of the palace seemed to echo with the tales of the queen's deception. In the heart of the magnificent hall of Odysseus, an artifact lay dormant, its power and prestige unchallenged. This wasn't just any artifact, it was the great bow of Odysseus. Crafted from the finest materials, its wood was seasoned to perfection, seamlessly merging strength and elegance. Every inch of this imposing bow held a tale of its own. Intricate etchings ran across its surface, each one an emblem of a monumental feat accomplished by the master of this bow, the revered King Odysseus. The motifs depicted on it were more than mere decorations. They were records of valor, echoes of battles won, and legends crafted. 
one could perceive the lion's roar, representing the time Odysseus wrestled such a mighty beast with his bare hands. Adjacently, the eye of the Cyclops Polyphemus looked perpetually in anguish, reminiscent of Odysseus's cunning and audacity in escaping the giant's clutches. There were other symbols too, some clear and others cryptic, silently awaiting someone with the right knowledge to decode their mysteries. It wasn't just the historical richness that made this bow outstanding. The weight of its legacy was palpable, not in physical terms, but in the reverence and awe it commanded. Those who knew of its tales, of the hands that once wielded it, couldn't help but feel a deep sense of respect and perhaps a tinge of envy. This was the bow that aided Odysseus in countless battles, both on land and sea. It was an extension of him, echoing his unparalleled skills, precision, and bravery. Through tempests and turmoils, it was this bow that stood by him, never faltering, never failing. Yet now, in the safety and grandeur of the palace, amidst tapestries and treasures, the bow rested. Seemingly unassuming, waiting for a hand worthy of its legacy to string it once more and unleash its might. The question that hovered in the air of the palace was simple yet profound. Who among the men present would be deemed worthy of this honor? In the grand hall of Odysseus, where shadows played with the gold and ivory, there stood a challenge that was a testament to a hero's might. This wasn't just a contest of mere strength, but of legacy, of lineage, and of destiny. Amidst the throng of hopeful suitors, the gleaming bow of the absent king beckoned. The bow itself was a masterpiece. Crafted from the horns of a wild ibex, it was polished to perfection. Each inch of it, a testament to Odysseus's unparalleled strength and skill. This wasn't just wood and string, it was a symbol. To string this bow and send an arrow through twelve axe heads lined in a row was no mere feat. It was a proclamation, a declaration of worthiness. One by one, the suitors stepped forth. Broad-shouldered Antinous, his confidence evident in every stride, was first to try. He gripped the unstrung bow, his fingers caressing its curve as if trying to coax it into submission. But even as his veins bulged, and his face turned a shade redder, the bow remained unyielding. Next came Eurymachus, with a reputation for his brute strength. With a deep breath, he positioned himself, pulling with all his might. But again, the bow refused to be tamed. It was as if the spirit of Odysseus himself was guarding it, allowing no undeserving hand to string it. Murmurs rippled through the crowd, it was becoming evident that mere physical prowess was not enough. The bow demanded more, perhaps a blend of strength, heart, and destiny. Many tried, some with techniques they had learned from distant lands, some relying on sheer will, while others whispered prayers to the gods. But all met the same fate. The bow stood in its magnificent defiance, its challenge echoing in the hushed conversations and the silent contemplations. It was clear. The suitors, despite their varied backgrounds and strengths, were not fit to string the bow of Odysseus. This task called for someone else, someone with a connection deeper than mere desire, someone bound by love, fate, and a journey of the heart. Yet, amid this boisterous crowd, a lone figure gradually began to draw the room's attention. At first, the palace's inhabitants barely noticed him. An aged beggar, his garments tattered, his steps deliberate yet unsteady, as if every footfall required thought. His gait spoke of hardships faced and miles traveled, yet there was a magnetism about him, an enigma that made it hard to look away. To some, he was merely a destitute traveler seeking alms, while to others, the fire in his eyes hinted at stories untold and mysteries concealed. His face, though worn by time, held tales of adventures on distant shores and encounters with beings of myth. 
Still, in the setting of Ithaca's grand palace among the proud suitors, the beggar seemed almost out of place. But the most intriguing aspect wasn't his worn-out sandals or the lines on his forehead. It was his gaze. Those eyes darted around the room, not with the uncertainty typical of a stranger, but with a keen familiarity, like a man revisiting a home long lost to him. While many in the hall dismissed him, there were a few, like the wise Penelope and the young Telemachus, who found themselves entranced by this beggar. They sensed that beneath the layers of grime and age, there was more to this man, a hidden depth that the suitors in their arrogance were too blind to see. For listeners embarking on this journey with us, the question arises, who was this beggar? And what was the secret veiled behind those wise eyes? As the tale unfurls, the identity of the stranger and the significance of his presence in the heart of Ithaca will become evident. The palace hall, vast and grand, held a tense silence, thick like the mist that often enveloped Ithaca at dawn. In its center lay the imposing bow of Odysseus, a symbol not just of strength, but of a lineage of resilience and grit. Years of tales and legends were etched in its curves, tales of adventures across the seas and encounters with monsters of the deep. Now this very bow, a relic of heroism, lay in the grasp of a mere beggar. To the onlookers, the thought of this frail man, worn and weathered by time, even attempting to string the bow seemed almost farcical. The murmur of disbelief and chuckles of disdain spread across the room like ripples on a pond. The hands that now reached out to grasp the bow, although scarred and calloused, held an inner strength. These were hands that had gripped oars against stormy seas, hands that had faced down mythical beasts, and now they held the key to reclaiming a throne and a lost love. As the bow was lifted, it yielded as if recognizing an old friend. The spectators could only watch, their skepticism gradually turning to awe. The string, once slack, now hummed to life, resonating with a tune of battles fought and victories won. The bow, which had defied the mightiest of Ithaca's youth, now bent, ready to release its pent-up energy. In this thick silence, the arrow was notched. It was not just a simple arrow, but a messenger, carrying with it hopes and dreams of reclamation. The string drew back, the bow bent in a graceful arc, and then with a sharp release, the arrow was let loose. The world seemed to hold its breath as the arrow took flight, its path unwavering, piercing through the silence, through the air, and making its journey through each of the twelve axe heads, as precise and true as the stories of Odysseus's valor. The silence that followed was not of disbelief, but of reverence, of understanding. The palace hall was not just witnessing the prowess of a warrior, the reunion of a king with his legacy. As the throngs of eager suitors and palace denizens continued their ruckus, the beggar began to shed his tattered raiment, revealing a sight few present would ever forget. Beneath the worn and patched cloak stood a warrior, his body a canvas of experience, etched with tales of adventures, hardships, and valiant quests. Each scar that marred his skin was more than just a wound. It was a memory, a remnant of a battle fought, a storm survived or a wild beast encountered. They were not merely blemishes, but badges of honor, representing the resilience and valor of the man they adorned. One particular scar stood out among the rest. It was an old wound inflicted by a wild boar's tusk during a hunting expedition in his youth. Its placement right above the knee made it impossible to hide, and yet, Rather than seeing it as a sign of weakness or vulnerability, it was a testament to Odysseus's strength and his unwavering spirit. For it was he, the legendary Odysseus, who now stood revealed before the astounded eyes of the assembly, 
Imagine the gasps, the sudden quiet, the murmurs of astonishment that coursed through the hall. For years, tales of Odysseus's exploits had echoed through the very walls of this palace. Now, the very soul of those tales stood before them, not as a mere story whispered in the night, but as living, breathing reality. It's fascinating how life often weaves tales of transformation. Sometimes, all it takes is a moment, an unveiling, to change perceptions and redefine identities. At that moment, in the palace of Ithaca, a beggar transformed into a king, a wanderer found his way home, and a legend came to life. A shift in the atmosphere, a silent acknowledgement of royalty restored, permeated the Grand Hall. The energy was palpable, thick with anticipation and the promise of events yet to unfold. The heart of Ithaca had returned, and the course of its future was about to be rewritten. A bond had formed, fortified through shared struggles and sealed with mutual respect. Central to the unfolding of events was the steadfast allegiance between Odysseus and three pillars of support. Firstly, Telemachus. Once a child, unsure and swaying in the shadow of an absentee father, his transformation into a man of conviction is nothing short of poetic. It wasn't just the stature or the newfound strength in his arms. It was the gleam in his eyes reflecting maturity and determination. Odysseus might have journeyed for years through treacherous waters and faced formidable foes, but Telemachus had faced adversities of the soul, wrestling with identity and legacy in the looming silence of his father's absence. Their eventual reunion wasn't just that of a father and son, but of warriors recognizing and appreciating the metal in each other. Eumaeus and Philoetius were not bound by blood, yet their loyalty to Odysseus held a depth profound enough to rival familial ties. Eumaeus, the loyal swineherd, had always kept the faith. His steadfastness and unwavering hope stood as a testament to his character. Often in the tranquil hours of the day, he'd share tales of the great Odysseus, keeping the flame of hope alive among the people. His loyalty never wavered, not when the skies grew dark or when hope seemed like a distant memory. Philoetius, the chief cowherd, shared the same fervor. He stood tall, a bulwark against the continuous harassment and disdain from the suitors. His patience, much like his loyalty, was an emblem of his belief in Odysseus's eventual return. The tales of Philoetius's quiet acts of defiance against the suitors, ensuring they couldn't entirely strip Ithaca of its wealth and dignity, have now become legends in their own right. Together, these three represented more than mere allies. They epitomized the power of faith, of hope, and of loyalty even in the face of adversity. The intricacies of their support, interwoven with Odysseus's strategic brilliance, were to become instrumental in reclaiming the honor and soul of Ithaca. For listeners seeking solace and inspiration in tales of old, this part of the Odyssey stands as a beacon. The strength of bonds, nurtured not just by blood, but by shared values and mutual respect, can overcome even the mightiest of challenges. And in this chapter of the ancient story, that strength shone brightly, illuminating the path forward for the king, the prince, and their trusted allies. Gone was the unassuming beggar, replaced by the silhouette of a seasoned warrior, his scars narrating tales of distant lands, fierce monsters, and indomitable courage. The great hall seemed to draw a collective breath. For too long, the palace had been filled with the discordant sounds of boisterous laughter, senseless chatter, and an overall sense of entitlement. But in this moment, the ambience shifted. Attention, like the stringing of an unseen bow, hung palpably in the air. Telemachus, 
now more a young man than a boy, stood taller, drawing strength from his father's presence. By his side, Eumaeus, the loyal swineherd, and Philoetius, the steadfast cowherd, readied themselves for what was to come. Their eyes communicated a shared understanding and unwavering loyalty to their returning king. One could sense the underlying rhythm in the room, a delicate balance between strategy and spontaneity. It was as if every move, every sound, every breath was part of a meticulously choreographed dance. The suitors, in their hubris, found themselves ill-prepared, scrambling for weapons and calling out orders that no one heeded. Odysseus, with his famed skill and precision, let loose a volley of arrows. Each shaft found its mark, guided not just by Odysseus's skill, but by the weight of the years he'd been denied his rightful home. Every arrow that flew symbolized a night Penelope had spent waiting, every suitor's fall a testament to their audacity in courting another man's wife in his own house. Yet it wasn't just the might of Odysseus that prevailed that day. It was the collective force of a father and son, reunited in purpose, of loyal servants who had waited long for their master's return. Together, they sought to restore the dignity and honor of their household. As the dust settled, the great hall, witness to countless feasts, celebrations, and now a dramatic reclamation, seemed to breathe a sigh of relief. The heart of Ithaca had been restored and the honor of its rightful king and queen upheld. In the days of yore, Tales of valor were sung by bards and poets, passing on the legacy of heroes to future generations. And this day, this reclaiming of a home, would be etched in the annals of time, reminding all of the unyielding spirit of a hero and the lengths he would go to for love and honor. As the chaos from the battle subsided, a different tempest took shape not in the realm of swords and arrows, but in the complex chambers of the heart. Penelope, queen of Ithaca and wife to Odysseus, stood as the focal point of this storm. For two decades, her heart had been a sentinel. Every day, she yearned for her husband's return, and every night, she lit a lone candle, letting its soft glow serve as a beacon for her lost love. She was a monument of patience, love, and unwavering hope. The void left by Odysseus's absence had been vast, and now, with his sudden return, it seemed impossible to bridge that chasm swiftly. Within her, love and joy tangled with disbelief and caution. While the hall buzzed with tales of the beggar who was a king, of arrows and axes, Penelope felt a maelstrom of emotions. Could this truly be her Odysseus, or was it some cruel trick of the gods? Her heart pulsed with a potent mix of hope and hesitation. She yearned to rush into his arms, but wisdom, born from years of waiting and deception, held her back. And thus, the scene was set. In the vast hall of Ithaca, with its high ceilings and the scent of olive wood, amidst the aftermath of a fierce battle, the true test of love and identity was about to commence. It was not one of strength or skill, but of memory and intimate knowledge, a test that would require unveiling the deepest chambers of the heart. Within the grandeur of the palace, beyond the tapestries and luminous hallways, was a room where the heartbeats of two souls resonated. This room, a sanctuary of love and promises, housed a bed that was no ordinary piece of furniture. It was an emblem, a testimony of an unyielding bond between Odysseus and Penelope. Imagine a beautifully crafted bed, its frame sculpted from the trunk of an ancient olive tree, still rooted deep within the earth. This wasn't merely a design choice, but a deliberate decision by Odysseus. This bed was unmovable, anchored not just by the tree's roots, but by the roots of their love and memories shared. The craftsmanship was exquisite. 
Every whirl and groove in the wood told a story. The patterns seemed to dance and move, reflecting moments of joy, sorrow, separation, and reunion. It bore silent witness to whispered secrets in the night, dreams of adventures, and the tender moments of a young couple in love. And as the years passed, it cradled them through storms, both outside their walls and those raging within their hearts. Now, after many moons and suns had passed, with Odysseus standing before Penelope once more, this bed became the cornerstone of their reunion. Penelope, ever astute and cautious, devised a test. She instructed a servant to move the bed and lay it with blankets. A simple request, yet laden with profound significance, Odysseus, without missing a beat, responded with surprise and a touch of anguish. He knew, and only he would know, that the bed couldn't be moved. He recounted how he had designed it, how he carved it from the olive tree, leaving the roots intact. It was a detail so intimate, so deeply personal, that it could not be fabricated. And in that revelation, the veracity of his identity was confirmed. Not by grand gestures or heroic tales, but by a shared secret about a bed. About their bed. It was an anchor in their turbulent lives, a symbol of constancy amidst change, of love that would not waver, even when faced with the impossible. As you lie down tonight, consider the anchors in your own life, the unmovable steadfast truths or relationships that ground you, reminding you of who you are and where you come from. Like Odysseus and Penelope's bed, they are touchstones, offering comfort and clarity amidst life's many journeys. In the heart of Ithaca, in a room that had seen countless sunrises and moons, a meeting of souls was unfolding. The chamber, adorned with keepsakes of a lifetime, now bore witness to a reunion long in the making. The walls, if they could speak, would recount tales of longing, hope and solace sought in memories. Odysseus stood before Penelope, the weight of years evident in his eyes. It was not the weight of the battles he'd fought, nor the treacherous seas he'd navigated. It was the weight of nights spent yearning to hold his beloved again. His hands, scarred by wars and adventures, trembled ever so slightly, itching to bridge the distance between them. Penelope's gaze, steady and assessing, held a universe of emotions. Her heart, having endured so much in Odysseus's absence, was now a tumult of feelings. Beneath the queenly demeanor was a woman who had spent nights weaving not just a shroud, but also dreams of her family's reunion. Every thread she had woven carried a silent prayer, a whispered hope. In the silence that settled between them, time seemed to stretch and pause. The past, with its trials and tribulations, began to blur, leaving in focus only the present moment, the here and now. It was as if the universe had conspired to bring them to this very juncture where two souls, battered by time and circumstance, found their way back to each other. The first tear that rolled down Penelope's cheek was a testament to her resilience. It was quickly followed by more, each a symbol of a night spent alone, a day spent hoping, a moment spent in prayer. As Odysseus stepped forward, wrapping her in an embrace, the tears flowed freely washing away the pain, the uncertainty, and the anguish of the past. In that quiet chamber, amid the soft rustle of tapestries and the distant hum of Ithaca's evening, Odysseus and Penelope rediscovered each other. It was a moment of pure, unadulterated love, a love that had withstood the test of time, distance, and adversity. And as the night deepened, Ithaca, with its olive groves and azure waters, cradled its king and queen, whispering tales of love eternal, of journeys ended and new ones begun. The skies of Ithaca, once calm and azure, 
began to darken with heavy clouds, painting a canvas of tension and foreboding. On the horizon, a myriad of silhouettes began to form, each one representing a soul hungry for revenge. The families and friends of the fallen suitors, bearing the weight of grief and anger, came together in a collective cry for retribution. The twinkling torches they carried, while small and distant, felt like a gathering storm, every flame symbolizing the life of a suitor extinguished prematurely. It was a sea of flames moving in unison, representing the powerful force of collective fury. These were not just mere men, but also symbols of affronted pride, honor, and a sense of entitlement that felt trampled upon. The palace, standing proud and tall, had been a beacon of hope and grandeur for Ithaca for years. But that evening, its tall, formidable walls were also barriers of protection against the impending threat. It was clear that Odysseus, despite reclaiming his home, was not free from the chains of consequence. The repercussions of his actions loomed large as the distant murmurs grew louder and the ground trembled subtly with the rhythmic march of a thousand aggrieved feet. Behind those palace walls, strategy was being discussed, allies regrouping, and the hero who had faced monsters, gods, and nature's wrath was preparing to confront perhaps his most human and intimate battle yet. The streets of Ithaca, which had once resonated with songs of joy, were now echoing with shouts of anguish and demands for justice. The very air was thick with anticipation as the island braced itself for what was to come. The challenges of the journey might have ended for Odysseus, but the trials at home were just beginning. Yet, amidst this brewing tempest, there was also a glimmer of hope. For history has often shown that even in the direst of circumstances, the human spirit can find a path toward reconciliation, understanding, and ultimately, peace. In the vast tapestry of time, moments come when even the most profound human confrontations seem to require a touch of the divine. In the aftermath of the suitor's downfall, Ithaca teetered on the edge of a dangerous precipice, its lands echoing with the mourning cries of those who had lost their kin. The air was thick with tension and anticipation, a storm cloud of vengeance gathering on the horizon. It was during these perilous times that the island of Ithaca, ensnared in the grip of potential bloodshed, found itself bathed in an otherworldly glow. A gentle yet powerful presence graced its shores, a deity's influence manifesting in a cascade of soft light that shimmered like the first rays of dawn breaking through a long, oppressive night. Athena, the goddess of wisdom and warfare, clad in her gleaming armor, stood tall and resolute. Her appearance was a beacon of hope, her aura calming the storm of emotions that had engulfed the islanders. The power she exuded was not one of intimidation, but of reconciliation. The brilliance around her didn't just light up the surroundings, it pierced the deepest recesses of the heart, urging those present to seek reason over revenge. Her message was clear. The cycle of retribution would lead nowhere but to more despair. With a single glance, she conveyed that the trials of Odysseus, his family, and the people of Ithaca had reached their culmination. It was time for wounds to heal, for swords to be sheathed, and for peace to be the order of the day. Her intervention was brief, but its impact was timeless. The divine mediation orchestrated by Athena gently underscored the futility of vengeance and highlighted the power of forgiveness. Even in moments of grave uncertainty, the influence of a higher power, be it in the form of divine intervention or an inner moral compass, could guide societies toward harmony and away from chaos. This moment in the Odyssey, where the ethereal met the earthly, serves as a reminder that sometimes, amidst the cacophony of conflict, it takes an external force, divine or otherwise, 
to illuminate the path to resolution. In Ithaca, that path was now clear, free from the shadows of retribution and strife, waiting to be tread upon by its inhabitants towards a brighter future. The aftermath of the intense confrontations within the walls of Ithaca's Grand Palace paints a picture of change and rejuvenation. The once tumultuous halls, filled with the noisy clamor of disrespectful suitors, now resonate with a different kind of energy. An energy of rebuilding, of unity, and of joy. Picture the island under a golden dawn. The first light of day reveals children, their laughter uninhibited, echoing through the streets of Ithaca. They play with wooden swords, mimicking the heroics of Odysseus, while some reenact Penelope's wise strategies, her loom becoming an emblem of patience and cunning. The fertile soil, which once lay barren under the neglect of the suitors, now teems with life. Farmers, with hope in their hearts and a spring in their steps, tend to their fields. Olive trees stretch high into the sky, their leaves rustling with tales of the past and hopes for the future. Grains sway with the gentle breeze, shimmering like gold, promising a bountiful harvest. The orchards burst with the colors of ripe fruits, the sweet aroma wafting across the island, signifying prosperity. In the town center, musicians gather, crafting melodies that tell the epic saga of Odysseus's journey and Penelope's undying faith. These tunes do not mourn the past, but celebrate the resilience of Ithaca's king and queen. Dancers move gracefully, their steps a testament to the newfound peace, while artisans sculpt, paint, and weave, their crafts narrating the island's rebirth. Homes once filled with grief and longing now brim with contentment. Families reunite, sharing tales of endurance and hope, each household becoming a beacon of love and unity. Bonds strengthen, trust rebuilds, and the spirit of Ithaca shines brighter than ever. This is not just the rebirth of a land, but of its soul. An island once marred by absence and longing has rediscovered its essence. And as the sun sets, painting the sky with hues of oranges, purples, and pinks, the songs of celebration continue, each note carrying a promise of brighter tomorrows for Ithaca and its indomitable inhabitants. Throughout the fabric of human history, love has often been heralded as the most potent force, capable of moving mountains and changing the course of fate. It's this force that binds Odysseus and Penelope, two souls entwined by destiny, yearning, and a promise of reunion. But it's essential to remember that love is not merely an emotion, it's a journey filled with trials, determination, and ultimately triumphant joy. Odysseus's voyage was not merely a physical trek across the seas, filled with monsters and gods playing with mortal lives. Each island he visited, every creature he encountered, was but a representation of the challenges we face in our personal relationships. From the bewitching song of the sirens tempting him away from his path, to the seemingly endless years spent in Calypso's embrace. These are symbolic of the distractions and temptations we face in our lives, threatening to lead us astray from those we hold dear. And what of Penelope? the beacon of hope and patience. She too embarked on a journey, albeit a different kind. In the confines of her palace, besieged by suitors, she navigated the tumultuous waters of loyalty, trust, and cunning. While Odysseus faced external battles, Penelope's was a more internal combat, a struggle of the heart and soul, as she held on to the flickering hope of her husband's return. Her daily weaving, a shroud of hope and strategy, served as a testament to the lengths we go to preserve and protect the sanctity of our relationships. But what stands out most is their unwavering belief in each other. Even when they were worlds apart, 
Even when whispers of doubt surrounded them, they held on to that invisible thread that connected their hearts. They teach us that love's journey is not about avoiding obstacles, but facing them head on, growing stronger with each challenge and emerging triumphant. And so, as the story unfolds, we find Odysseus against all odds, finally returning home, not as a conquering hero, but as a humble beggar, seeking not his throne, but the embrace of his beloved. And Penelope, cautious and wise, tests him, not out of distrust, but to ensure that the heart that beats in the chest of the man before her is indeed the one that sinks with hers. Their reunion, charged with tears of relief, love rekindled, and years of longing finally quenched, is the crescendo of their shared journey. It signifies that true love, despite all trials and tribulations, always finds its way back. It serves as a beacon of hope for all of us, showing that no matter the challenges, the journey of the heart, filled with genuine love, will always lead us home. Envision the shores of Ithaca. Waves gently lap the golden sands as the rhythmic pulse of nature sings a lullaby. Each wave that caresses the land holds tales of brave mariners and distant shores, but today, these waters beckon you into a realm of tranquility. The olive trees stand tall, a testament to endurance and grace. Their leaves rustle softly, kissed by the gentle breath of the Aegean winds. These trees have witnessed tales of valor, love, and reunion. Let their gentle whispers become your anchor, grounding you to this moment. As you focus on your breathing, imagine the sensation of sinking into the sands of Ithaca, where each grain tells stories of ancient heroes and timeless love. The coolness seeps through, enveloping you in a cocoon of safety and warmth. The ancient sands, rich with history and lore, beckon you deeper, offering you the embrace of ages. Allow the stories of today to meld with the sands, the trees and the waves, guiding you on a voyage not of seas, but of dreams. The Odyssey has shown us that no matter the journey, the heart always finds its way home. Tonight, let your heart find its restful harbor in the serene landscapes of Ithaca, drifting into the realm of peaceful slumber. Good night. <laughs>